I give like the most bro answers of all time. <laughs>
I would say probably surprised that I got married, if you knew me younger, or at least got married to someone cool. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that one. Um, That's a great I, answer. <laughs> I, I, I have no game and never have and still do not. Not many people know that I did show choir. They think of me as the sports guy, not the song and dance guy. So there's a surprise. I, I guess the the podcast thing, but that's probably not as surprising as I would I would hope. Um, I, the the dumb little trinket story I always tell people is that like I haven't had a cookie in 13 years. Yeah, it's really weird. It started as a long bet with my dad and I like years ago, and has just kept going. So that's probably the the most surprising little story. But honestly, um, oh, <laughs> I guess nowadays it's more like they're surprised that I. I play sports <laughs> pretty open book about how nerdy nerdy i am with marvel and coffee and photography obviously so i'm always telling people everything because of my height people think i can be intimidating but really not a an intimidating bone in my body um definitely a lover not a fighter <laughs> so um i don't know really uh i think i would have to you know put a survey out for that one maybe that i don't watch movies that's a big one um, I just, yeah, I'm just not interested in movies at all. <laughs> um, I, I'm normally shocked by the number of gay men who don't know I'm gay <laughs> off first interaction. Probably how old I am, just because I've got a baby face. And every time I tell people I'm 25, they're just like super shocked, super surprised. Um, so I'd say that's number one, that I don't look as old as I am. I... I don't know. Everything I'm going to say would come off as like an ego, but I don't know. I feel like I can be a very intimidating person or off of first glances or what people may hear because I tend to joke around a lot. People might think that I'm a more rude person than I want to say I am Um, or it might be the opposite. They might think I'm a nice person off first glances and then they meet me and it's the rudeness, but uh, I don't know. I guess People might not know my sense of humor until they actually get to know me. If you could have dinner with any two people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Matthew McConaughey, because that would just be super interesting. And I'll go with Gandhi. I think I would like to, I would mostly, I want to see those two talk to each other and I'll kind of be in the background and I'll throw points in, but I want to, I want to hear what they have to say to each other. That's a tough one. I feel like I got to go with George Washington for one of them. I just got to know what Mance was thinking about during so many different points in history. Um, You know, Jesus, good honorable mention here. Feels like a guy that maybe I'd want to talk to. Um, I'm a loser. I'll go Derek Jeter. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, this is kind of funny. I've always wanted to meet Bob Marley. And that's a very like, that's like the former college stoner in me coming out. But like, just like he was such an interesting guy. He was way smarter than people gave him credit for. Um, so Bob Marley and I'm going to go with this might be like a basic answer, but Tom Hanks. Okay. I'm America's dad. It's just, I feel like, and also he's like my favorite movie of all time is Tom Hanks movie. So I would just probably geek out and ask him a million questions. Dinner, more in the sense of just to hang out. I'd really want to hang out with Shaq. Like, I was watching the NBA uh, All-Star and like, yeah. I just want to like hang out with him. Um, seems chill, really tall. 
I'll give him a high five. I can't think of anyone specifically, but definitely a stand-up comedian. Um, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, uh, Taylor Tomlinson, any of them. So I'm laughing my ass off and getting my six-pack back. And that that's it. <laughs> oh, boy. Super loaded question, too. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you kind of want to go, like, the history route because you could go, like, dead or alive. So you'd probably like do something, you know, like Abraham Lincoln or like a great president or something, something that you could like actually learn a lot of like leadership experience from. Mm. Uh, so I would probably say Abraham Lincoln just because he was like such a powerful leader. But then again, like the like the music person in me would probably say someone like Dave Grohl because he's awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, Dave Grohl, he's the, uh, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters and he was a drummer for Nirvana. And he just, in every single YouTube video you see of him, he's just like the most outgoing and fun person with like the coolest stories. So it would be kind of a weird threesome, Abraham Lincoln and Dave Grohl, but like, you know, the two off the top of my head, I'd probably say those two. I feel like you have to go with somebody like that's been dead for a while, like from a completely different time period. I feel like just because I'm such a big sports fan, I got to go with maybe Michael Jordan, just because you only see what he reveals to the public and it's not very much like he's very, I don't know, close and like doesn't really let a lot show in like interviews and stuff like that. But it'd be cool to hang out, hang out with him like one on one, maybe like Gandhi or something like that, just to get some wisdom. Obviously need a translator, but uh, maybe somebody like Gandhi to give you a little bit of different introspect because our lives are so different now. Um with access to like technology and things like that. It'd be nice to see somebody who saw the world like just from like a completely like worldly view. I always thought Eleanor Roosevelt would be a fun person to have dinner with. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people. Um, maybe like um, someone from like ancient, ancient times. Um, maybe like one of the pharaohs from from Egypt. No specific one. I just think- Just one of really- them. <laughs> Yeah, like, what was life like 8,000 years ago? I need to know. I'll go the dead route first. I'll say Juice World. Um, I know a lot of you guys are probably familiar with Juice World. Yeah. So that'd be number one. Number two, uh, Elon Musk. I just think he's he's an interesting person. I feel like he's got a lot, a lot of knowledge, a lot of things to share. So (laughs) I'd probably go Elon Musk, yeah. I'm not a historian. That's the issue. Like, I'm sure TJ would have been like, oh, George Washington and this, it ain't me. I don't know. I would say Nicole as my girlfriend, but not as a cop-out answer, but I would say her. And then I would say, I would say her. And then I would pick an actor that would be a fun dinner date combo. Uh, Nicole and then Danny DeVito. I think that would be funny. How fast do you know if you want to seriously date somebody? And talking to them probably within a few minutes, I would say at least at least enough to pursue um, that there's some sort of connection, can laugh with each other, attraction, then probably a few minutes. Uh, well, I mean, with my wonderful girlfriend now, I mean, it was at first sight. I just knew it immediately. So I don't know, half an hour of talking to somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Feels about right. Pretty fast. I would, I would say like this by the second or third date. I would say two or three, two or three dates and maybe a um, couple weeks of talking, you know, I think so. 
as you get like older in life, like your red flags or things that you like, you know, know right off the bat that you're not going to be able to navigate around will start to become more and more apparent, like as you get older, because you've kind of like, you've, you know, you've met other people, you've kind of realized exactly what you want and don't want. We, we might necessarily know what you want, but you know kind of exactly what you don't want. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, you just, everyone deserves a fair shot. Um, but you know you kind of have a gut feeling within i would say if you're counting it by dates maybe two or three dates you know obviously i wouldn't like it takes a lot to completely cast someone out after one bad date so i would probably say a fair assessment would be like two or three very quickly like within the first week to two two weeks for me with the girl i'm with now it didn't take very long so I would say for me, it would take maybe a couple days. I feel like I'm quick or quicker with that situation. Dating, I mean, usually I don't, I mean, I don't really like, I didn't really mess around much when I was single. Usually the things led more seriously. I mean, obviously depending on what the other person felt, but usually that stuff led into more uh, serious uh, situations than I hear other people talk about. So I would say it's usually a quicker situation. It doesn't really last long in my experience, at least in terms of just being friends or whatever the title is. What is something that keeps you up at night? For me, thinking about either for me, it's like those things, thinking about the things I could have done differently. Um, or just thinking about like, what am I, what am I doing or not doing? before like at like at like at times I, I love to be comfy at times and just like I say kind of be complacent but just like have a week where I'm just like ah, I had an easy week just like got off work just like hung out with my wife just like maybe just watch tv but then all of a sudden I'll just go to bed I'm like I haven't done anything like how am I improving how do I expect to get from a to b if I'm not doing anything in my life mm. to improve it um and then also just like I always I play the what if game in my head which I'm sure everyone does too at night as well so like what if like what if I like like woke up and I was like a freshman in high school like how would I like what different actions would I take but I had the same memories I do now like what actions would I take to change like the course of my life and then like is that a reflection on how I perceive my life now like should I want to have changed much or should I be appreciative of what I've what I've received and what I've learned along the way um it'd probably be a shorter list if i tell you what doesn't keep me up at night so what's your preference here no uh future money success uh stress work that and uh my girlfriend also manages to do that little toss and turn okay take the covers that's cardinal sin can't take the covers but in all reality stress in many different forms <laughs> you can go wherever you want with it I mean, as a kid, it was the concept of death. So, I mean, that's that's real dark for you right there. Um, but I think at this point, it's more just like as you get older, the you pick up different anxieties that all kind of end up leading back to that same thing I stressed about as a kid. So money, you know, future job, you know, partners, any of that stuff has kept me up at night one time or another. But I think that's all just kind of a culmination of the same thing that like we're heading to an end. And we're stressed about a million things on our way there. Mm. <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> um, <Cheers>. Right. 
Uh, anxiety of, you know, money, jobs, um, the, the housing crisis, taxes, um, uh, healthcare, <laughs> any of it, everything, basically. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, that could be anything from like an ever, an ever expanding universe or like, you know, just uh, shit you have to do for work the next day. Um, yeah, it could be any of those questions, depending on what, uh, what time of night, probably just too much TV. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're all humans. Everyone has anxiety. We all pretend like we don't, but I mean, it could literally be something like a meeting that you're preparing for tomorrow or like worrying about like, you know, aspirations and career goals and love life and your family and your friends and worrying about what people think of you and all that stuff. I mean, it really depends on the night or you can yeah. just be sleeping like a baby. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that's why everyone is so buried in their phones and everything because you wouldn't want to, God forbid, you wouldn't want a thought to occur. So we mm -hmm. sit on our phones until we, until we fall asleep at night. So we don't have to have those existential crises. Yeah. What keeps me up at night? Um, uncertainty. So like, if I'm not very certain, which is kind of ironic because I'm in sales. So a lot of things are uncertain. Um, but I would say uncertainty probably is, is the main thing that keeps me up at night if I don't know kind of what to expect the next day. Oh, this is going to get like super deep. Um, I would just say the the rapid pace of innovation of society over the last 100, 150 years and the effect that's having on society, our ability to communicate with one another, to see and understand people's different point of views, and also just our understanding of what we thought the point of life was. Um, if you asked like a housewife a hundred years ago, what the role was versus like today with every modern convenience and people have all the free time in the world. Like, why are we here? What's the purpose? Thinking about space. I just think space is just fascinating. So like sometimes I'm just in bed and I'm just like on TikTok and I just see a lot of those space TikToks. And I'm just like, hmm, crazy. But mm -hmm. yeah, that keeps me up at night. Nicole snoring. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually a really nice sleeper. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a, nothing really keeps me up. I can put myself to sleep pretty quickly, in my opinion. If you're looking for a deeper answer, I can't give you it. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oof. Um, what's that main one by the Cheetah Girls? I've done that. <laughs> Don't even know that. I've done that a couple times. Um, <laughs> Wait, what is the main one by the Cheetah Girls? I can't even remember. Um, the one where they literally sing Cheetah Sisters and they're yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, Cheetah Girls. <laughs> yeah, that one. Feels like the first time by Foreigner. Ooh, great question. Uh, Go-to is if I'm trying to sound like, you know, relive my singing days in college, uh, I Don't Want to Be by Gavin DeGraw. Um, if I just want to like jam out for fun, Rosalita by Bruce Springsteen. The only time I've ever done karaoke, it was one week by the Bare Naked Ladies. And I was so bad. There's <laughs> got to be footage of it somewhere, I think. And it was at, it was at Bunkers or Loudon Kitchen and Bar of all places too. So, Oof. Um, like right off the bat, I'd probably say something like Fleetwood Mac or Shania Twain because the crowd pleasers, right? Get the crowd going. Yeah, I mean you're. I mean you're doing it partially for you, but then again, you're trying to you're trying to get the crowd into it and get at the bar, you know, popping with you. 
So I would probably say something like Fleetwood Mac, like Dreams or uh, ABBA. Oh, ABBA's the actual, that's, you know, go-to. Yeah, Dancing Queen, was that by ABBA. Again, depending on the night, uh, and those are all <laughs> lady bangers, but you know, those are the best kind. Definitely get the uh, get the crowd into it. None. Um, the song <laughs> that I would know every word to, A Millie by Lil Wayne. That would be my go-to, just because I know all the words, so... Big Lil Wayne guy. Um, fun. I've actually never done karaoke. My go-to shower song. Um, okay. um. Oh. 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 Shoot. Oh. What is it called? Um. Have you ever seen Sensate? No. No. Of course not. Um. <laughs> because it's super weird. Only I've seen it. Um. <laughs> wake in the morning and you step outside. Take a deep breath and get real high. Get real high. And, yeah. Shoot, yeah. What is that called? Um, um, is it? I it's not like What's Google Up. Weird. Yeah, it is. It is. What's it up? It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done karaoke. Hot take. Really? Yeah. You've never been forced? Nope. Never done it. I just, I like to watch people do it. And I like to people watch. Uh, It would be You Raise Me Up by Josh Groban. What is something that you think that men are better at than women? And then what is something that you think that women are better at than men? You're trying to get me in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble for this. What are you outing me as a misogynistic? Nicole's been no. like, she's been, she's been doing that lately. She's been like, mm, you don't think this about this. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be that person. Um, I think men are better at um, kind of, taking themselves out of the equation in terms of like not letting the world um, kind of affect their emotions too much. At times that can be a negative as well, but I think when that needs to be a positive for them to take action or to not take action, I think men are better at that. Um, I feel like women tend to be better at most things. Um, I think organization, I think men, or I think women tend to be better at those times when they like need to take action. They won't sit there and kind of just sit around. They know something needs to get done. I feel like they're te they tend to be better at just getting it done, going and doing it. Oh, uh, man, that is tough. I don't like talking in generalities here. I'm going to upset some people. Um, I feel like guys are pretty good at going to brush things off. But at the same time, I know stuff like lingers with me. I know things linger with everybody. So again, we're talking generalities here. But I feel like if I say something that's just like, it comes out a little mean, more mean-spirited than I thought or hoped when I'm talking to a friend, they don't take it to heart. But like, maybe that's something that can linger with a girl or a woman. So I don't know. Again, we're talking in generalities here. Um, women are much better communicators. They're great at asking questions. Follow-up queens out there. You are alive and well. Men are just like, oh, cool. Nice. Oh, you propose. Right on, man. Let's go get a beer. Like, it's just that simple. Versus like, girls... Are like, what are the details? What time of day? Like, where was the sun at? Like, you know, where did you get the ring from? You know, da, 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 da. So that's just one example. So I'll say women are, are superior follow-up question askers, uh, which kills me considering I ask follow-up questions partially for a living. I think men are really good at compartmentalizing. I think there's a skill and an ability to work all day, have a, a job and then turn that off and then focus on playing video games or focus doing something else. Like it's, and I think it happens with emotions too. Like I think they're able to turn off an emotion and then focus about something else completely different. Um, 
I'm not that great at that, but I have my moments that I'm good at compartmentalizing emotions. But I think that's something that guys do better on a whole. Like, I think there's people who can do better things at both. Um, I think women are far better communicators than men. I mean, basic stuff like that's something that I value a lot is just communication as a whole. And I think for the most part, like if, if women are upset or happy or whatever, like they'll tell you, you know, like it's, you don't typically have to dig too deep. Sometimes you do. Um, but I think for the most part, just like communicating their, their feelings as a whole um, and like what they're stressed about. I think women do a better job with that. Men are better at, I don't know, over explaining. <laughs> like we always feel like we have to over explain everything. So, you know, um, at least I do, I don't know about other people, but, um, and women do life better than men because <laughs> they they go through so much more shit um about everything so they're just battle hardened men better than women honestly in this day and age, not much <laughs> honestly that, that question would get me in trouble but honestly there's really nothing that's coming to my head that like i've met girls who are just about better in everything whether it comes to like sports career-wise like i personally i work on a team I'm a little biased because I work on a team of all all women and they are awesome and they are smart and hardworking and they're the best communicators that I've ever met. Um, and I literally wouldn't trade it. So I'm a little biased now. Um, but things that women are better at than men, I think I'm probably go back to that, like communication styles, you know, uh, us men can be a little uh, rudimentary, a little cavemanish about how we kind of go about talking to one another and expressing our feelings and our empathy and shit like that. And women are way better at being able to put their feelings into words, um, or at least that's what I've noticed, um, or kind of communicating points. Uh, so, and they're also way better at getting bartenders' attention. <laughs> If you're in a group of girls, uh, I mean, you could be ignored for uh, for 20 minutes as a, just a, you know, a, a dude standing in a bar, but uh, a group of girls way better at getting people's attention. Um, so <laughs> those are the only two that came to my mind. Somebody, I think I've like seen or met girls who are literally as good or better at men than in almost everything that I've come across. Um, maybe besides Call of Duty, I'm a little biased there on like the mm. video game front, but there's some badass Twitch streamers too. So I don't know. Boy, you could go down to like some scientific stuff, scientific stuff. Um, so just like explosive movements with your body. That's a thing that men are better at. <clears throat> Things that women are better at than men, I would say in general, um, staying in touch with their emotions, I would say. But it's also tough because society doesn't really let men show if they can handle their emotion. You know what I mean? So like women are allowed to show if they can handle emotion. So we might perceive them as better with handling it. I think women are generally better at organization. And I don't mean just like putting things away. I mean, like even just in process of thought, like being able to create a structure of how you want to accomplish something. I think men are better generally at, that's a hard one. Um, because most of the things that people would typically say have just been kind of debunked. Um, I still think that that men are better at like decisive action with caveats, but I'll leave it at that. Let's see. 
I'll start with men. What do I think? Men are better at that than others. I would say doing outside stuff like for the house, like house stuff outside, yard work, yard work, something like that. Um, and then women being organized, making the house clean, things like that. Mm -hmm. These are boring answers, but I would say men are better at carrying things that may be too heavy uh women are i don't mean it in a bad way but i can from my experience women are much better cooks than men um not that there's no 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 jokes behind that um i'm just gonna say cooks but i know there's a lot more that they're better at than men what is something that you make sure you do every day that makes you happy I don't know about actually, so I might be cheating because I don't know if this is every day, but most every day do something active. Um, I like to lift and I like to run. And if I can, especially, I'm not a morning person. If I could start my day that way, that's a, it as the best way to start the day. But also just in terms of like mental health, I mean, that's the best part about exercising and keeping at least somewhat fit or just trying to, is it like what it does for your brain more than your body is like the biggest thing. I mean, it, so it, it like, if I, if, if I can, if I can start my day with a good run or just like a good like session at the gym, I'm set up for success. And I'm already starting my day off on a win. Mm -hmm. Anything that happens after that is just gravy. Cause I'm already started my day, cleared my mind. That's good solace for my mind as well, especially like a run without any music sometimes, just meditate on where you are now in life and what you need to do going forward. Get those endorphins going and then you're just ready to attack the day. Probably not enough. Uh, I, I go to the gym just about every day, every day that I can. There are sometimes when I'm traveling because of work or whatever that I can't. And it does feel like something that's kind of like cut out and deprived of my day when I don't get to go. So going to the gym is probably a good answer, but I also just talk so much and I love talking sports that I try to find some sort of avenue to be able to do it, whether it's on camera or just texting with my friends, you know, that's kind of my release and it kind of serves as like, okay, turn my brain off. I, I don't need to think about work right now. Like this is just for pleasure. Uh, and on a similar note, like movies, TV shows, like I, I, I would love to watch a movie a day, uh, but sometimes it's just like an episode of TV or something like that, but something that I can turn my brain off uh, step into a different world inhabited by different characters. And that kind of gives me a little bit of a release, a little bit of separation from all that might uh, create stress in my life. When I was in high school, it was, I would play guitar for 30 minutes every day. Um, I don't have time for that now as much. So I, I would say listening to my favorite podcasts, like to me, like I, I like driving and I like driving into work and I like having that space. And that might just be post pandemic talk, but, um, I like having time to be like, Hey, I'm going to set aside like an hour and a half, whether I'm doing dishes or cleaning or working or whatever, and listen to a podcast, like my, my go-to one. Drink coffee, <laughs> drink coffee. Yeah. Nowadays I'm trying to go on like morning walks, you know, try to stay active first thing in the morning. Uh, doesn't always work. Um, but, uh, make a coffee and just go on a walk or something. Oof, I guess. Um, I like to exercise. I think it's a great stress relief. Um, I think that's like something that I look forward to uh, the most in my day. Um, you know, 
some people have different vices on how they like release their stress and everything. And everyone has like a different workout program or ways they go about around about getting outside. And, but um, you know, just finding a time to get outside and, or go exercise for a little bit, it goes like a long way, especially when we're all like kind of cooped up in our own little cages, uh, working from home and stuff like that. And also just, you know, the obvious of being able to talk to your friends Um you know, I mean, we don't really work in offices much anymore and, and, and things like that. And people are all pretty siloed. So just talking to people, I mean, I can get, kind of bounce back to the nerdy thing and say, like, I like at the end of the at the end of a day of work, I like playing Xbox with like some of my guy friends. We kind of picked it up during the pandemic. And it's a great little book club of just, you know, I mean, we're we're all dog shit at it, but it's still fun to just like, I mean, we're all in, about to turn 30. Some of us already are wink wink um but uh it's just a good way to after like a like a like you know a stressful work day to just be able to just like talk to people because it's so hard now to like actually go out and see people um or like make plans it becomes harder and harder so just little things like that probably say sit down and have like a nice dinner um kind of in my day the right you know a good way more relaxing than i don't know i don't speed through my meals i try to enjoy them and like use them as like time off yeah, talk about our sports betting. Um, I would just say, yeah, I would just say go to work, see all the kids because they always yeah. come up to me, they hug me and stuff. So it makes me feel wor- uh, welcome and nice and that's st- that kind of stuff. So the kids love me, so it makes me feel happy. To be an asshole and say check my bank account and make sure I'm not in the red, that's always makes me happy because um, <laughs> money does drive happiness. But it would uh... – yeah, I mean, I, I every day I hope to spend at least one, at least one quality moment with my significant other during uh, during the day. Our schedules don't align as well, so as long as I go home for lunch or dinner, or we play Mario Kart at the end of the night when I'm back home from work or something like that, I would say that's a makes it a good day at least. Tell me something that you think is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. So like a hot take. I think I might've even sent this in as like a question or something to you needed like a wine night. Those super big, not, I'm not talking about white sneakers, like normal white. I love white sneakers. I'm talking about those big chunky, like the filler ones or the ones that are supposed to be super huge. They look terrible. I don't care if any name a celebrity, Kim Kardashian, Whoever you think, Blake Lively, they look awful in those sneakers. I look off. No one looks good. It's not, I'm not targeting anyone. Everyone looks terrible in those sneakers. If you have them, I'm sorry. What Regular white sneakers are okay, but those super huge ones, I hate. The dino stompers. Yes, yeah. Everyone's trying to tell me to use forks for everything. What the fuck's wrong with a spoon? You can eat eggs with a spoon. I, I, I don't understand. I get tired. You can eat chicken fried rice. It'd be a little weird with the chicken, but you know what I'm saying? But like... If you're having maybe, maybe veggie fried rice with some egg on there, why does that have to be fork specific? Stop telling me to use forks. I like my spoons. It's easier to scoop. You know what happens? I use a fork and then my girlfriend looks at me like an idiot when I'm trying to get the last bit of food out of the bowl. It's so much easier when it's a spoon because it's there for scooping. Spoons, greater than forks. That's my hot take. Many, I'm sure many of your listeners won't like this. OG Taylor Swift is way better than modern Taylor Swift. Give me love story and you know our song. Give me the give me that stuff way before you give me any of this stuff. Blue cheese is better than ranch. Ketchup belongs on mac and cheese sometimes. Not all the time, just sometimes. I mean, if we're going with the theme of 
this podcast and, you know, theme of it all in relationships and everything, I feel like it's easier for women to pick up guys at a bar because it's just so easy to just be like, hey, you're coming over and we're just going to follow like a, a lost puppy. Um, whereas guys try to do that and they'll get, you know, a free vodka soda to the face. Say, I'm not, not really a hot take, but Taco Bell is the best fast food on the market. Um, and if you're too weak to handle Taco Bell, then I'm sorry, but um, it is the best thing in the world. Um, they're putting in one across from my apartment. I've been absolutely counting down the minutes until it opens. I don't think cyclists should be allowed on the road. Um, I almost hit one every day and I, uh, think that they should be on sidewalks. And I also think Moses, Moses is better than Chipotle. People hate that one too. Plenty of things. I don't know. Like, what do I think that's true that everybody else thinks is true? I don't know. That's, um, that's tough. If you had to pick, yeah. Like one of your biggest hot takes. I don't have a super, I don't think they're hot takes. That's why they don't like jump out at me is like, I need to say them because I think they're all legit. It's bad. I know. What have I said? Because you know I have hot takes all the time. I know. I know. I just, I don't but know. I think they're too numerous. Like, I can't pick one. Um, I'm not big into astrology. And I try to find, or I, I find it very, very, very hard to see the other point of view. Like, there are most things I can see where people, even if I disagree with them, I can kind of see how they got there. That's one that, ooh, it's tough. It's tough for me. The sinking of the Titanic was 100% an insurance scam. There's a conspiracy theory that the the ship that was built before the Titanic, the Britannica, um, was coming back from New York, sailing back to um, port in Ireland. I think it was Ireland. Um, and there was damage. There was a huge hole in the side. They patched it and was able to get it back to dock. But basically, the, the engineers determined that the, the ship would never really be able to, to voyage again. And so the this was, I think, two or three weeks before Titanic was supposed to be revealed, uh, like unveiled and, and go on the, the voyage. Um, and so the conspiracy theory is that they changed the name of the ship. Um, they even changed the like China and silverware between the ships, which were like labeled like Titanic or Britannica. So they moved the ships. And then they, but they didn't change the um, propellers, which were also serial numbered to the ship. And so the the logic is that the the Britannica's propeller was still on the ship that was relabeled as Titanic, and it was purposely sunk so that the investors and the owners of the White Star Line could collect their money. And also the owner who JP, I think it's JP Morgan, um, who was supposed to ride on the Titanic, like canceled his ticket the same day. Like, why would you do that? Um, no, no. It, there's, it, there's too many, con- too many connections there for me just to believe that none of them are true anymore. <laughs> I guess I'll say the moon landing. Like I've heard a lot of people say that it's, not real but i'm one of those people that do think it's real so i don't know if that counts i think friends is a very stupid television show and i think the office is superior to that not that i'm an office stand by any means but i just don't think friends deserves the hype that it gets there's a hard stigma with men being able to show emotion do you feel like this affects how vulnerable you can be in a relationship or getting into one 
It hundred percent does. Um, there's definitely a stigma. I think we're a lot better now in society than previously. Um, but it's still kind of an underlying thing that a lot of men deal with. Like that, it's something I have trouble dealing with. I have trouble showing my emotions even now at times with my wife. And I know there's not an issue with it, but I think it, for so long, it's been kind of ingrained in me not to show emotions that I, I, I struggle with it. I know most men do. For me, it's a lot of listening to certain podcasts, reading, but really just trying to like keep putting information in my brain in terms of saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's not just learning, like reading about it once, like, hey, it's good to show emotion. Like that's not going to overcome years of systemically like forming how I think in terms of not showing emotion. So it's, it's kind of keeping that information flowing in and also just it's practice. I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm often not good at it. Um, so I'm, I'm not a finished product at all, but it's a lot of working on yourself. And that has to be an active thing, not just when the time comes, you have to be thinking about that constantly. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the early stages. Yeah. You're definitely more mindful of it. Um, and, 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 and even if you do open up and say something, you immediately preface it with, you know, not to sound like a bitch or not to be too soft or, you know, whatever. So I think there is kind of that, especially early on, like pre a year, I think we're all kind of closed off. And honestly, even beyond that, like years one through five, my relationship, you know, there are things that I don't care to disclose just because it's in my past and what does it matter? You know, whatever. So yeah, I think there is that, uh, I think that is a factor in relationships, but I mean, I just think that's something where, you know, time, patience, consideration, and love from your significant other and giving it back eventually, you know, you peel back those layers and eventually you'll just be like Shrek right in the middle of an onion, you know, peel them all back to the core. Um, so I started dealing with mental health issues at a young age. So I grew up emotionally very young. I was always the kid that like my aunts and uncles and family friends would be like, Oh, you're so much, you know, you're wise beyond your years and you're so much older than your age, you know? Um, and so for me, it's never been a hindrance because like my first three relationships I got cheated on. So I was kind of like, I, like I had to deal with a lot of that stuff and understood very early on, like what I need, how I can be vulnerable. Um, and to me, it's like self-awareness and communication. So it's like working on yourself, knowing what you need, and then communicating that to your partner or your parents or your friends. Um, because the more you bottle it up, like, the worse things get. And so for me, it's always been like a, it's been more of a, it's a, a way to apply logic to emotion, which it's like, I know a bad outcome is going to come if I bottle all this up. So why would I do that? So let me communicate it and get it out and I'll feel way better about it in the long run. Um, I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think it affects me um, because I'm very uh, open with my emotions. So I'm not trying to hide my sadness or anything. You'll see me crying on the couch when I'm watching the first 15 minutes of Up or episode three of The Last of Us. That, oh man. So, um, but I, I could see how it could affect other people. No, I mean, I think each individual, I guess there's like this thing, you know, like the, the traditional masculinity thing where you feel like, you know, getting emotional and vulnerable isn't cool, but as you progress in a relationship and you become more and more comfortable with people, like that really shouldn't be an issue. Like if you truly trust someone and they like become your best friend, you should really be comfortable staying and, you know, expressing anything. 
Um, and it shouldn't be a sign of weakness or honestly, it's a testament to a healthy relationship. If you're able to fully trust someone and immerse yourself in that relationship, I feel like it wouldn't be a good relationship. So like if I'm comfortable with someone and like I'm able to share those things, I think that's a great relationship. But if you can't, I mean, it's a sign right off the bat. Like I think you could kind of pretty much gauge that like a, a couple weeks in if you're not comfortable like expressing, you know, your emotions, because that's going to make a foundation for a really, really rocky relationship. You know, emotions are cool, but, you know, therapy has become normalized and, you know, it's an amazing thing. And I think that that kind of notion should carry over to relationships of like, we don't need to put up this like shell, like we should be able to talk about how we're feeling. Um, and if it's the right person, it should be very easy to do that. Um, when you're getting into one, for sure. I think it definitely affects it. And I wouldn't know, like I've been with Isabel since I was 16. So it's tough for me now kind of knowing how I feel about myself and how I would react to like a new relationship, which is probably a lot different than what I did when I was 16 years old. Cause like 16, you can't be vulnerable to anybody really. Um, I think as you get older, you can become more like secure with yourself and it's a little easier to be vulnerable. But then again, there's also kind of the theory of like your clock is ticking, like, as far as like finding someone so you don't want to mess it up so it's like there's always pressure i feel like i'm mostly over it as far as that goes just because i've been with her for so long but early in a relationship i think if i was early like to get into a new one or something like that i definitely it would definitely affect me i mean it affects me on like new not necessarily a relationship like romantically but like if just like friends and things like that or like even like co-workers yeah it affects you because you only want to show them a certain side of you for sure yeah so yes but I don't think it's like today's current stigma. It's just I was raised in a household where like I went to a funeral one time. My dad was like, men don't cry. And I was just like, that's what his father did to him. And like up the chain. And so I find it very difficult to show emotion now. Um, even at work. I mean, I we, we did a exercise last week where we were trying to figure out like everybody's work personalities. And mine is like, very data-driven, very structured, no time for chit-chat, like, we got stuff to do, and then all my coworkers are, like, a different personality, we're like, oh my god, we don't want to talk about, like, how are you, how was your weekend, like, what's your favorite ice cream color, ice cream color, um, it's, like, those types of situations where I have to be, like, open with people make me very uncomfortable. Um, I would say for me, it's a little easier for me, I would say, like you said, for some guys, it's a little harder, um, but there have been times where Maddie, my fiance, she'll just come to me, like, just talk about, like, just tell me, like, you don't have to like hide your feelings. You can talk to me about it. I'm just like, I know, I know. So a couple of times that happens, but most of the time I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about talking about my feelings. So I'm an open person, uh, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm a big, like, if you put on a sad movie, like if Nicole and I went on our first date to watch spider-man or like toy story or like one of the, i remember we because we saw both those movies and cried at both movies the same day but like if you take me to like any of those movies like we watched quiet place the first day her and i hung out um before we actually were dating and uh i cried that movie every time i don't remember crying that night i might have teared up a little bit and like we joked about it but like any there's like i don't know and it's just movies not just movies for me but like I don't think it's, I mean, I don't, I've never really liked the whole don't show your emotions as a guy thing. I mean, I might cry for dumber, less serious reasons, like a movie or a show or something, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And that's probably one of the, 
I've cried around Nicole a couple times or a bunch of times, but it's never been for anything too serious more times than not. But, uh, yeah, I, got, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it affects me at all in my, my past. I mean, I'm all for being open about it. Uh, I try not to be as cold as some may be, but I don't know. It's good to show a little bit of emotion. What was the last thing you Googled? The last thing I Googled was probably something um, about uh, the commanders selling the team because I <laughs> because I looked that up every other day hoping there's news that Dan Snyder will be out of my life <laughs> every single day. I think it was chat GBT. <laughs> I had to see what this was all about. <laughs> ESPN NBA power rankings. Right before that was uh, IC fire chords from Ed Sheeran. <laughs> um, it was how to make broccoli. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just meal prepping. <laughs> I had to meal prep for the week and I was cooking the chicken and rice and everything. And I was like, I totally forgot how to cook broccoli for some reason. So that's the last thing I Googled. That's so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the last thing you Googled? What was the last thing I Googled? Honestly, um, I was trying to fire up my old MacBook to uh, download Zoom to do this, and it wasn't working. So I was troubleshooting different ways to uh, fix it. It was probably an address to a, yeah, it is so boring. A Manassas Logistics Center, LLC. That is a that is the last thing I googled because I need to. There's a new data center being built, so I was uh, googling what it was. Let me see. It was this morning. I've been googling. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I was googling uh, new homes <laughs> because I mean, if I decide to sell the house here and move back up to DC area, I'm, I'm certainly not going to rent again. So it's just trying to decide: Am I going to have something built again? where I'm going to stay longer term? Am I going to buy a fixer upper and like really be able to make it my own? Probably the definition of a word, I'll be honest. Because like even vulnerable, I was like, I think I know what vulnerable. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't tell. I could pull up my tab, but I'm pretty sure I was talking with somebody and I had to like look up a word because I was not sure what the word meant. I do that quite often. Is this like a part where I go on pause so I can go look up and you see can, what You can, yeah, unless yeah. you remember. Uh, it was food near me. Okay. If your friend was cheating on their significant other, how would you go about that? That's a that's a tough situation to where I'm sure there are different like scenarios when I would do different things, but I would definitely approach them, not the significant other. Cause that's who I have a relationship with and it's on and kind of both get them to come to terms with what they've been doing. And also that, that can't be where it ends. Unfortunately, I don't think you can just say, Hey, don't cheat anymore. Um, what they need to do going forward in terms of ending, ending the relationship, maybe letting them know and see if they can reconcile, what have you, that I, I, I would kind of, require my friend to do that um if they did if they wouldn't even then like going forward that would probably hurt our friendship because i don't know if i could be friends with someone who 
could do that. I people make mistakes. I, I don't think I've really had a friend do this, but like people make mistakes. So I could see myself still being a friend who does that if they come to terms, reconcile, and like deal with their consequence, deal the consequences of their actions. But if they were unwilling to do so, maybe try keep the relationship going and still kept cheating. That's not something I could stay friends with. No, you gotta have a sit down. The, the, the I guess the reason I asked that is like if I don't know that person well. Or like, we're not like buddy, buddy. Maybe this is something that starts out as something I just talked to my friend about. But if I am friends with that other person as well, like I'm mutually friends with both these individuals separate, I might just go straight to that other person. You'd be like, hey, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be having this conversation, but so on and so forth. Versus if I'm only friends with my buddy and not their significant other, that's where... You, you, at that point, you just got to call them out. I mean, um, I mean, call them out is kind of an aggressive terminology to use, but I would want to know. So it's 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 just kind of a thing of respect, right? Like they deserve to know and you should be the person to tell them, not me. So don't make me be the person to tell them. So I think opening up that conversation and making sure that they understand like what you will do if you don't um, and why it is important that they do. Um, so, yeah. So it kind of depends on, do I know that person or not? But Either way, I'm, I'm talking to one of the two of them and letting them know that this is a conversation that needs to be had between the two of them. So I've been in this situation. Um, I've been in on it from multiple different angles. One where I was like, my two best friends were dating. Um, I, so wait, is, are we talking about my best friends being cheated on and I know about it? Your friend is the cheater. Is, is, and the, you is know. the cheater. Yeah. Oh, I call them out. That's what I, that's what I've done before. You know, I, I mean, I've always kind of prided myself on being the friend that says like what I think. Um, because if I lied to you, that's only hurting yourself. You know, like I'm not helping you. I'm not helping anybody. So I'd, I'd rather be the friends like, Hey, look, this is how I feel. Like if I didn't care about you, I would lie to you. Instead, I care about you and what you're doing is really dumb and reckless and you should do something. The part that gets blurry is like the, do you tell the other person? Like, that's the thing to me where I'm like, if I know the person involved, I'll, I'll make the threat, but only it's probably a pretty empty threat. I'm probably not actually going to do that because it's just, it's such a delicate spot to be like, do you actually cross that line to tell somebody, Hey, I know this person's cheating on you, but I've done something similar to that where like, I knew the girl that my best friend was really into and had gone a couple of dates with had been actively hooking up with other people and lying to him about it. And I was like, Hey, look, like, this is what I know. And I just don't feel comfortable not telling you this. And, you know, he was kind of indifferent about it, but I felt that I did the moral, morally correct thing. At first, well, I would have to hear the whole story first and foremost. Um, you know, part of me is, you know, I'm, I'm legally blind. I didn't hear anything for it. Uh, the other part is like, dude, fucking stop, <laughs> get some help. And I would, I would pressure them to come clean and like end that relationship. Cause that's just not, not cool. How would I handle it? If my friend, I guess it depends on like this, um, how close you are with that friend. So I say it was like your best friend and they were cheating on your significant other. Um, like your friend is the one for, who's cheating. Yeah. Right. Right. Firstly, um, you know, I would have that conversation with them. Um, obviously, it's like, hey, I know you really well right off the bat. 
And I'm going to do everything in my power to convince you to either stop or come clean. Um, I'm fortunate enough to where I don't know of any of my friends who have ever done that, which is great. And you surround yourself with good people. Um, but obviously you'd sit down and have a serious conversation with them. It's like, Hey, you know, if, if you're going to cheat, you obviously don't want to be with the person that you're with. And if you respect them in any way, you would just let them go and be honest with them. Um, obviously you're trying to get the best of both worlds. You know, you're acting on impulse when you're cheating and then you kind of still want someone to cuddle up next to you at the end of the day. Um, and it doesn't work both ways. So obviously have a really serious conversation with them and kind of put the ball in their court and be like, Hey, either you can tell them immediately and you can cut this off and you can kind of choose it. Um, I'm going to get like, give you the option to do it because you know, you're my friend and I respect you. But if you choose to not do it, then probably, you know, well, I'm fortunate enough to never have been in this situation, but it's like, you kind of would feel an obligation to tell the person who's getting cheated on because it's, you know, fucked up. <laughs> essentially and um uh but yeah so fingers crossed that i never have to you know do that uh but you know have that hard conversation with them you know give them the option to be like hey we know about this um we don't condone it um you, you know do, you know they could have like the most rocky relationship of all time they could be a totally be the other person um they could be a you know piece of shit too <laughs> But um, it, it doesn't mean anyone deserves to get cheated on. And if, you know, if that's where your mind is at, you clearly don't want to be with that person and you're just kind of dragging your feet to an inevitable end to that relationship. So either tell them or I will. I think that's a tough one because it kind of, there's a right thing to do, but you can look at it. I don't know. It's like one of those that you never want to be put in that situation, but it's also a thing where, you're kind of just like, I don't know. That's like a rock and a hard place, kind of. It just kind of, because you know what's right. And then it just becomes kind of like, uh, you know, the train track. Do you kill the one person or save the hundred people or whatever? You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's basically the same thing. It's just a matter of like, it's kind of ironic because like you either choose loyalty or you choose the right thing like loyalty to your friend, but they didn't choose loyalty. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a bit of irony there. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. If I chose to continue that friendship, I think now that I'm like very removed from college, I, if they're like very good friends, I would just tell them like, this is not okay. Either you end this little fling and get back to the person that you're supposed to be with or have some respect for that individual and leave them but regardless i don't want anything to know about this tell somebody else so i'm all for like i'm not for i'm all for against <clears throat> cheating obviously so if that was the case i would probably go up to that person uh the boyfriend if we're taking that scenario and just be like hey that's not okay like what are you gonna do from here like it's not my business but like I will definitely make it a point to know that it is not okay. Like you need to fix that. Like if you guys figure it out between yourselves, that's fine. But if not, then it's all on you. So mm -hmm. friends with a significant other. Um, Up to interpretation. I actually am surprisingly have never encountered this. I don't think. Eh. 
Um, yeah, I don't think I've encountered this, but it's, I don't know. It's a, if it, one, it depends on how friendly I am with both, both parties. Um, obviously if I'm just friends with, let's say it's the guy and I'm, I'm more friends with him than I am the other person. Uh, I'll scold him a lot for it and I'll be upfront about it. Uh, cause I've never really been a fan at all of the idea of that. Um, and I actually get pretty judgmental when it comes to people that cheat, but I mean, and I, I'll show it towards that person, but like, I, I haven't had any experiences where girls, I think of have any girlfriend, like friend, that's a girl of mine that cheated. I don't know. Like, I know it happens a lot, but I'm surprised it's avoided me as much in terms of people I'm close with, but I don't know. I definitely would, I wouldn't intervene I wouldn't intervene into the relationship as much as I would just try to give advice to that party. Like you need to either do this or that. Um, but I don't think it's my place to say anything. What is something that you're terrible at that you hate to admit? One of them probably as a guy um, showing my emotions, <laughs> but <laughs> other kind of already talked about that. So other than that, I would probably say consistency. I think I, in my life have, phases of being consistent and what I'm trying to do, the goals I'm trying to accomplish and times I'm not. Um, so I say that because like that, I think that's probably one of the more important things, like aspects of your life in terms of like trying to reach your goals. You got to stay consistent and keep at it. If you're just too many people like sit down and want everything to come to them. And then they're just sitting there all butthurt. Like, why didn't like, why do I have this job? Like, and like, I don't love, like I would love to even get a new job now too. So like, it's not just like, you don't have to be at your final stage right now, but like, what are you doing to get better? Are you doing nothing? And you're expecting like, why I would like, I should have a job that pays a lot of money. Like, what have you done to improve yourself to get that job? Nothing. Then I, why, why are you complaining? So it's getting in those situations when I'm not really doing anything to improve myself. One thing I'm terrible. Um, my handwriting is garbage, man. Um, and I think it's, I have broadcast handwriting. So I have to dings, write things, write things down quick, but sometimes I'll get in the middle of a game and I'm like, I, I don't know what I wrote there. I don't know what it says. Or, or maybe it's just off and it looks like a seven, but it's really a nine or, you know, whatever. That's kind of a poor example, but uh, something like that where it's like, oh, that number was just off. Probably, probably like planning a calendar planning. Mm -hmm. Like I try really hard to be good at it and I make a conscious effort. But ultimately, like, I kind of just keep everything up in my brain instead of putting it down. Absolutely awful at spelling um, and conversations. Not too well at conversations, especially small talk. That's just miserable. You know? okay. Unless I'm on a shoot. You've seen on a shoot. Like, I'm just like, I can small talk my way into anything. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't agree. I feel like you're good at the small talk, at least when, when I've I have, seen it. Right. When I have a camera in my hands, I can small talk, but not when I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Learning, like picking up like new like uh, card games and board games and stuff. I have like the attention span of like a squirrel in like those like social settings. They go like straight through me. Uh, as I get older, like, I'm bad at replying to text right away. Like I'll read things and I'll put it down and I'll say I'm gonna get to it later. And it's like, no, it's nothing personal. It's just, I'm like, oh my God, I bet to respond to that like hours ago. Taking shots of tequila awful fucking terrible like i thought at this point in my life i'd get good at that i still squeal like a uh like a freshman in college i can't do it i'll never be able to do it 
I don't like to admit. I feel like I admit most things that I'm bad at. <laughs> I'm bad at small talk. I'm terrible at it. Oh. Yeah. So that's a, that's one that I'm definitely not good at. If I don't have something to talk about and I'm not good at generating conversation, that's, that's it. If I don't have like something going in or like a purpose for something, oh, I'm terrible at it. So, yeah. I'm not very, I'm a handy person. It's like I can do the basics of things, but when it comes down to like very precision, I, I'm not good at it. It's like I can mount a TV. It's not going to be a hundred percent level. I'm just going to tell you that. Like, it's going to be off a little bit. If I'm like, I can build a bookcase. Yeah. It's going to be a sturdy bookcase. It's not going to be perfect. There's a couple. There's a lot of things I'm not good at. <laughs> Honestly, hot take, baseball. Like, I, I, I played baseball my whole life. I was not very good. I'll be honest. What? Yeah, I love playing it. Don't get me wrong, but I was not that good. Honestly, um, in general, like, I, I might be a PE teacher. Yeah, but like. I'm not that good at like I'm good, but I'm not great. So Jason, you're kind of nasty at spike ball. Bruh, chill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite TV show of all time, favorite movie of all time. Favorite, I'll say two. Favorite does not for me doesn't mean best. Like I've had movie, I have movies and shows I think that are better, but they're not my favorite. The show doesn't matter because the show, my favorite show of all time is the best show of all time. It's The Office. If you say otherwise, you're wrong. Um, that's just, there's no debate. Um, Jim, Dwight, Michael are the three greatest characters ever. Um, I'll fight you if you say otherwise. And Jim and Pam have the best romance in all of cinema. Favorite TV show of all time? That's a tricky one. Band of Brothers is up there. I mean, it's fantastic. Um... That 70s show is, is one that immediately comes to mind. It's like my favorite comedy for all mankind. Honestly, yeah, it's probably for all mankind. It's for all mankind uh, with some honorable mentions to those other ones I threw out. But yeah, there's just not a show with characters and writing like that going on right now other than Andor maybe. Uh, but that's also a two season thing when apparently for all mankind is going to go on for eight years and is already about to go into uh, season four. So uh, they're just kind of further along and a little bit deeper of a show. So I'll go with for all mankind. It's my favorite show of all time. Favorite TV show, Scrubs. Um, I've seen every episode of Scrubs probably probably double-digit times. Um, I used to DVR it because it would air two times a day on Comedy Central. And so I'd come home from school and I would watch two episodes. This is all pre-Netflix and anything, too. I'd be like, oh, yeah. I got two episodes, could fast-forward through the commercials, had that done. Oh, excellent questions. Um, favorite TV show is definitely the last of us right now um i don't know if that's an all-time thing of all time my like my favorite mini series or just like series in general would probably be band of brothers world war ii series on hbo just top to bottom you know major dick winners world war ii easy company fantastic series um true detective season one is also a great series funny series i like letter kenny uh the hockey show Maybe The Office. I know that's kind of like a square answer, but like, I don't know, it's just funny. And it's like dry, like sarcastic humor, which I kind of like, so. There there are like a lot of TV shows that I will watch over and over and over again, um, just because they're comforting. I'm actually literally have MASH playing right now. Um, for any of you who don't know, that's <laughs> the show from the 70s that I used to watch with my grandfather. Yeah, just for time's sake, I'll pop that. that's probably like one of my favorite 
like feel good shows. I'll put it on to yeah. Be comforted. The Office. That's probably my number one. But there's probably a couple others that I could put up there with it. I watched a lot of TV growing up. I would say TV show would be It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because I love a good comedy. But I don't know. There could be a whole lot of others. I like dumb. I like dumb comedies. Or like I like skit comedy shows too, um, for the most part. So I would say something like It's Always Sunny, or, or there might be a couple other shows on like Netflix. Our favorite movie, I would probably say Forrest Gump. There are movies I think are even better, but that's just one of my favorite movies. It's exciting to watch every time. It's super rewatchable because so much happens in that movie. There's <laughs> like a, a thousand different events that happen. Um, and that's one of like the three movies that have ever made me cry too. So that one helps me feel emotion. My favorite movie of all time is Warrior. That movie is just fantastic. Uh, I love Gavin O'Connor as a director. Tom Hardy is absolute workout goals in that movie. Uh, Taron Egerton, uh, every story like Nick Nolte is nominated for an Oscar in that movie. Every like 20, 30 minutes, you get like this awesome moment in the movie that makes you swell up with tears sometimes because you're sad sometimes it's because you don't want somebody to backslide versus their struggles and sometimes it's just like it's a ufc movie so it's just like yeah beat the shit out of that dude oh my god he won like let's go uh that movie just gives you every range of emotions to their fullest full extreme and i love movies about finding family and in this case this movie is about reconnecting and refining your family so it's the one that that hits me on a lot of different levels and i love it and plus like awesome ufc action it's great uh, favorite movie all of, of all time, not as probably well known, but this goes back to the Tom Hanks answer. Uh, that thing you do, um, which I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's uh, it's Liv Taylor um, and uh, Steve Zahn's in it. But it's about uh, a band that's, you know, they come out with a hit from a small town in Pennsylvania and it blows up. And it's like set in the 60s around the same time as like the, you know, the the British invasion with the Beatles and Stones and all those guys. Um and it kind of follows that journey of a band going from nothing to like a massive hit in the 1960s. It's unbelievably funny. Great. Just like it's the most rewatchable movie of all time. Oh, favorite movie. Easy. Talladega Nights. Absolutely. Probably like Lord of the Rings. Just like as far as like rewatchability, I'm a huge token nerd. Uh, I probably would say I watched Lord of the Rings, maybe the original three, uh, you know, probably once every like three months or so embarrassingly, you know, have yourself a nice hungover Saturday, mm-hmm. order yourself some, order yourself a Chipotle burrito and put on the extended editions. That's amazing Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say Lord of the Rings. Um, I Am Legend is probably my favorite movie. I don't know why it's just, for me, it's got a lot of like rewatchability. I can just watch it a bunch. Um, I like the action scenes, stuff like that. That one's tough. Uh, there's like so many, I love movies. So I don't know if I could narrow it down to one, but I will say Interstellar. Movie of all time. Everyone, I always said Step Brothers growing up because, again, a dumb comedy. Um, but I like a lot of serious, like, drama films. I always bring up as, like, a side. One of them would be Remember Me with Robert Pattinson. Uh, just because the ending kind of hit me really hard. I watched it at, like, 3 a.m. when I was in, like, senior year high school and it like i don't know it like surprised me so much that it was like it was weird but i don't know i'm a i'm a big comedy guy i like jake gyllenhaal movies uh the old school adam sandler movies anything with wolf ferrell 
Okay, and then with that, what is a, like your favorite movie quote that you end up saying all the time? I'm trying to pick one. It's anything from any of the any Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, Zoolander, um, anything from those I can quote all day long. Really, really, really ridiculously good looking. Um, I wake up, I piss excellence. I wake up, I piss excellence. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? Uh, feels like one I myself saying more often than I feel the need to. Man, Goodwill Hunting just has so many different quotes that, like, may you know, depending on the situation, I feel like I use a lot. You know, some people can't believe in themselves till others believe in them first. Like, that's just kind of one that I'm always like having in my mind. So maybe I don't say it, but it's like sometimes people just need someone to be there to pick them up and, and showcase that they can do it. Um, so I'm always thinking about that quote, and you know, if I feel like somebody's applicable to that, where they just don't have any confidence in themselves, like, how can I be that person to help them find themselves? um so that's kind of deep uh in that same movie uh you won't know what real loss is until you love something more than you love yourself again something i try to strive for you know and try not to be as selfish as uh sometimes i may be uh and try to find those little things that we do appreciate more than we uh appreciate ourselves so those are those are two from the same movie that kind of immediately come to mind that and then of course happy gilmore I, you eat pieces of shit like that for breakfast it's from that thing you do uh and it's a line at the end of the movie um where Tom Hanks's character gives a, a long speech again, no spoilers for a movie that came out in the nineties. Um, it gets a long speech. Um, and then it's kind of quiet and then he packs up his stuff and he goes, that's what I think anyway. And then leaves the room, but he says it in this very cool, like totally knows everything. So it's like, I'll, I'll go on some diatribe or talk someone's ear off and be like, that's what I think anyway. You know, <laughs> There's a couple of them, I think. There's a, and they're all from Talladega Nights. Uh, I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm miking someone up or videoing them. Um, if you don't like Big Red, fuck you. Um, win some, lose most. That's not a movie quote, but that's my friend's quote one time. And that was, I say it a lot. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of uh, guys quote wedding crashers like all the time so like grow up peter pan from wedding crashers is like a big one <laughs> probably say like that one all the time wedding crashers is just like one of the most like quotable movies of all time my dad and his friends get together once every year on their golf weekend and watch the whole thing every single time and they're a bunch of you know 58 year old men and they've been doing it for 10 years so if there's if that's if that's a testament to rewatchability <laughs> i'm not really a quote guy yeah i don't do quotes I say this to myself a lot. Um, it's very nerdy, Harry Potter quote. Um, first book, when Dumbledore tells Harry, it does, I'm paraphrasing, it, it does, doesn't do one well to dwell on the past and forget to live. Or, you know, to dwell on dreams and forget to live. You, know, you can only, you only think about something so much and then you gotta do it. It's all about the spur of the moment. Like if it's, if it's like a relatable thing to say, in response to something i'll say i'll quote a movie if it fits but i don't i don't think yeah. i have one that's in my my uh what i say every day so i don't i don't think so what are you looking forward to in the future either personally or professionally my wife your best friend as you know and i fairly recently got a house so really excited to kind of build up um fix up the house a bit more um start a family um and just kind of do that thing. I'm also really excited personally for you and TJ to move down to Richmond. Super pumped about that. Yay. Um, 
know, just get the ball rolling all that. And then, okay, last question. Mm-hmm. How do you want to be remembered? I mean, personally, I mean, I'm just, I am uh, ready to put distance behind you and me. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I'm excited to see what that, you know, uh, next chapter of our relationship and next chapter of life uh, entails and how much fun we have with that. So that's kind of what immediately comes to mind. But I also am excited about the the professional prospects of that, you know, getting into Richmond and uh, being able to be that much closer to a bunch of colleges and then maybe even doing some freelance work for, you know, radio stations, TV stations, stuff like that. They're all around that market. Um, and, you know, also by going home, I'm closer to my family and closer to my friends. So that's such a lame answer, but my relocation and kind of the next chapter of our relationship in our life. So it might sound, it might sound crazy, but I'm honestly just looking forward to the ride. Like whatever it is, you know, like coming out of college, it was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do, I'm going to travel to small markets and work my way up. And then one day there'll be the Jeff Gimple show on ESPN radio and I will have made it right. And then you leave college and you go, I'm an absolute fucking idiot. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about because nobody knows when you leave college and you just start this journey and there's highs and there's lows. And I'm a big believer in the idea behind like everything's a spectrum, right? So everything that is shitty to you, however far on that spectrum, something equally as awesome will happen to you. And it's just a constant slide. And from all the bad things turn good things and all the good things turn bad things watching like my, my first really close friend from college is getting married this summer. Like I'm excited for that whole venture. Um, I'm just excited for the ride. I don't know. Cause you just, you don't know where it's going to take you. And the best you can hope for is that you, you do your best, you put your best foot forward, you try to be a good person and good things will come of it. You know, hopefully owning property in Loudoun County, maybe. And uh, professionally um, just growing this, photography business even more um but i mean if i find something else i really enjoy maybe i'll jump ship you never know uh personally um you know i don't know exactly what i'm looking forward to you know probably you know the the cliche answer of like probably traveling um and stuff but um i'm really fortunate to live in like an area where i live really close to like a bunch of like my really good friends and it was one of the reasons why I moved like back to the DC area. Um, so I really, you know, am appreciative of the opportunity to be able to see and, you know, go out with my friends all the time. Um, Cause a lot of people don't, you know, um, on the other side of 25, it gets harder and harder to make plans. People start getting married and um, moving off and it gets, you know, harder to make those weekends happen. So I'm really fortunate in that sense to be able to live near a bunch of my closest friends. Um, so just looking forward to, I spent a couple of, I like, like the most of us did during the pandemic and stuff. We've spent a lot of time on our own. So it's good to be able to look forward to like trips and things like that. And, you know, professionally, uh, I really enjoy my job and my team. Um, um, I like my company and I'm like looking forward to, you know, the cliche answers of advancement there and seeing, you know, where that'll go. I'm not looking forward or, or not looking to change in any way there. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with where I am. Um, you know, just appreciative of the, the things that you have around you. And I ideally want to get into uh, more of a management role and whatever, wherever that takes me. I like where I'm at right now. I'm happy with the company, that kind of stuff, but definitely want to go into the I don't know. I like educating. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that would be, I'd be decent, like a managerial role where I'm educating like 
uh, new hire, stuff like that. So that would be my professional goal, personal goal, um, getting married and then staying like financially independent and like secure. That would be, uh, the two big ones. I'm trying to travel more. I've not been one to travel a lot. I think the last time I've really, really gone anywhere was three years ago into Cancun. I'm like really looking forward to like getting over to Europe and Asia and just immersing myself in different cultures. Um, that's personal. Professionally, um, I'm up for promotion. So looking forward to that. Uh, personally, I would say uh, getting married. So next April is the big day. Starting a family, all that good, all that fun stuff. Um, as far as my job, I don't see myself going anywhere or so yeah, I would just say starting family, getting married, yeah. having kids, all that fun stuff. So that's probably at the top of my list. A change of work, um, mm -hmm. leaving the field I'm in now. Okay. I can't, I can't do news anymore. It's too many crime scenes, too many shootings, too much. I don't mind the pace of work. I think it's very quick um, and it makes me better as an editor or whatever I need to be, but uh, it doesn't pay enough for, I feel like what I'm doing every day. So hopefully a change of work. All right. Last one. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered um, based on the relationships that I made um, and, and how those lasted. Um, the impact I had on people be that way. I want hopefully someone that brought some joy and humor, some people's lives. I don't want to be remembered. Not that I don't care about what I do professionally, but if in my obituary, that's like the first thing mentioned that I, then I probably didn't succeed in life in terms of what I had the impact I wanted to make. Even if I become extremely successful professionally, I don't want that to be the thing. Jake Burns colon profession. Jake Burns colon had this impact on these people's lives, uh, friends and family. I mean, I think this is, I think this question is pretty much why I'm excited for kids because like kids give you that automatic like line of legacy uh, and, and someone and, and a reason to be remembered. Um, so I'll, I'll, how do I want to be remembered? Um, I'd love to be remembered as well-spoken, but uphill battle there. Um, Kind-hearted thoughtfulness or thoughtful. Um, again, going back to the well-spoken thing, that's harder uh, than I would have hoped, but yeah, kind, selfless, um, good with people, uh, those little things. Cause as much as you can have like business success and a lot of money and you know, do all that stuff, it feels like the people who make those little impacts in our life and kind of have those, uh, they call them character moments. I feel like those are the people that stick with you no matter what else goes on in your life. And it could literally be something as small as like, man, I remember, like, I remember this with teachers and it's like, they just were always looking out for me. And like, they always had so many nice things to say. And they were always trying to build me up when I didn't have confidence. Like, I really appreciate that about them. And who knows where I'd be without them. So it's like those little impacts and, you know, just trying to be kind to others when uh, you don't necessarily have to. And, you know, maybe it's not always the easiest thing to do. Uh, and you have to go out of your way to do that uh, and go above and beyond for somebody. But I, I hope that's kind of how people look back and uh, perceive me once I'm uh, long gone. Simply put, I want to be just thought of as a good person. Honest to God, like funny, charming, handsome. I mean, whatever adjectives people get described with, you know, I don't really care about that. Like I, I want people to be like, 
he was a good person. Like at his core, he cared about people. He enjoyed people. And he's remembered as like, yeah, I'm glad that person was in my life. I just want to be a cool guy that people are like, you know what? He was cool. So on gravestone, it says Alex Mangione. He was a cool guy. And I'll be happy with that. <laughs> I, love, I love it. Okay, cool. Well, that was it. That was short and painless. Cool. Let me make sure I didn't forget any questions. I think that's all of them. Um... Obviously, positively, right? Um, you kind of want to be remembered in a really simple way. Like the people who, someone who you, people could count on. Super cliche again. But um, someone who says yes to things, someone who will show up when you need them to, um because at the end of the day really like when it's all said and done your life will kind of boil down to your relationships your friends and your family and how well you communicate with them and how well you support them right the different people in your life so when they're all sitting around a campfire having beers and shooting the shit and telling you know funny stories about your life after you're dead and gone they want you know you want to be remembered as someone who said yes to things went out of their way to do things for other people um so you know it's really important to uh to stay in touch with all those people from different phases of your life reach out and try to make an effort to like see people because it gets harder and harder so uh in a nutshell uh you know probably just someone who who says yes to things um supportive uh communicates well um and is always there for your friends so so i'm someone who is like maybe you want to call it pessimistic or like, I don't know, it sounds bad, but like no one's going to remember you. Um, sorry. So like, even if, yeah, it's rough, but, uh, like think about it, like even like Gandhi and like people who have had like giant, uh, just cause I said it earlier, like giant world, um, like global significance in any field, right? Like how often are they really talked about like on a daily basis and how much do you really care about what they did? Not a whole lot. So like, I don't know. I say that it's easier to, not think about how you'll be remembered because at the end of the day, because that's just going to cause you more stress. Like it's going to cause you more stress and it's going to put more pressure on yourself that you already probably have plenty of. I mean, there's lots of words that I hope come to people's minds, but when it all boils down, I, I think I just would like to be remembered as someone who genuinely cared. I mean, I may not be the best at reaching out I try to I try to check in on people um, and you know do things that let them know that I'm thinking about them but uh, I think one of my main priorities with all of my friends is making sure that, that I'm a resource for them when they need me um, and that I, I genuinely want to spend time with people and like get to know them and have more than just a superficial relationship being a great spike ball player. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just being a nice guy, being a good dude. That's kind of like my forte. Like people always just think of me as like that shy, quiet guy. But <clears throat> deep down, I want to be known as like the cool guy, the nice guy, the guy that does things for others. So the unselfish wit, I guess. So the generic, funny, caring type person. Uh, I don't know. I think goofy in like a way. Like I feel like if, like if if we're at a funeral or a service or something and there was pictures everywhere or whatever, I think there'd always hopefully there'd be like a uh, 
whoever's at the wedding or the wedding, Jesus, no, whoever's at like the funeral or whatever, they'd be like, uh, they'd look at that photo and be like, ah, and that'd bring up either a funny story or it'd be like, uh, a good, like a fun memory where it's, I don't take photos that often. That's the only bad part about it. I need to do that more. But, uh, yeah, I think I would want to say funny. I feel like the service would be pretty, uh, entertaining, hopefully. And that will do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to everyone that participated in this episode, answered all of my questions. You guys were such great sports and really dived super deep, gave us some laughs. And um, this was just so fun for me. So thank you again. If you guys liked this type of episode, let me know. I would love to keep doing it. And like I said earlier, um, some of these amazing guys will be coming on for a full episode so you guys can hear them a little bit more. But yeah, that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Girl We Gotta Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a new episode. You can also follow Girl We Gotta Talk on Instagram at Girl We Gotta Talk Podcast and on Twitter at GWGT Podcast for live tweeting and all your favorite pop culture updates. If you want to watch full episodes, check out Girl We Gotta Talk on YouTube and find all of your favorite episodes over there. If you like today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit the five stars or leave a review and let me know what you thought. I seriously love hearing your feedback. It really means the world to me. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.